decision. Yeah. I want to win championships. I want to win bowl games. And what else is better for to do than your city? The power of home represents something. The DMV, like you try to explain it to people that aren't from there, and it's hard to explain it. That thing we talk about, Maryland Pride, it's real. And today, we're going to play with Maryland Pride. He's going to go! Touchdown, Maryland! The Terrapins have one last shot at winning this game. Three seconds, two seconds, one second, throws it up. Money! And he got it! And the Terrapins win at the buzzer! Oh, Stevie Francis, showtime. Oh, man. What a play by Bias. Holy cow. Maryland hits the road to beat Penn State. Maryland pulls off the upset. They have defeated number one, and the celebration is on. And the kids have done it. Maryland wins their first ever national championship. Holding up Indiana, 64 to 52, and let's listen and look at the celebration. Be not afraid of greatness. Some are born great. Some achieve greatness. And others host college sports and recruiting podcasts. You're listening to IMS Radio at InsideMarylandSports.com. Your hosts, Jeff Ehrman, Paul Douglas, and Larry France. Hello, fellas. Lawrence, what's good? What a great week for Maryland sports until about an hour ago, gut punch. Which, which gut punch? <laughs> yeah, you have to be more specific. CJ Dupree is the one that's gut punching me. Yeah. That's the big surprise. None of the others are really big or surprises. Yeah, it's it's a tough one. I mean, Dupree obviously looked like a guy who might be a pro one day. Um, it's a tight end. It's your blocking tight end. So, like, I'm not going to – if if he's the worst one that Maryland loses in the portal, that ain't a bad offseason, but probably won't be. Um, but certainly anybody that leaves that's unexpected, that's a bit of a bummer. I mean, in terms of the other guys – Amama Culloth, who's who's gotten a lot of, of flack from from Maryland fans over the years, I thought he was actually pretty pretty good and solid this year in a backup role. He's going somewhere else for a six year. That's that's fine and that's whatever. You know, I think Rack is pretty much gone. Copeland just announced he's going pro. Those are all pretty much expected. Some of the other guys in the portal are freshmen and redshirt freshmen, maybe a sophomore here and there. They were kind of not even too deep guys, and that's just to be expected. I think we're all just kind of holding our breath and waiting to see, you know, if any other big dominoes fall. And you certainly hope not. Before we continue, let me ask you, we got, it says we have one person in the chat right now. Did you guys post the link? I just tweeted literally like 30 seconds ago. Okay. Paul? Yeah, you know, man. Normally we get people in, so I don't know what's going on. We don't have anybody watching or maybe we do and it's not showing properly here. Well, well, the thing is, and people need to understand, technically we only start streaming the YouTube like as we're starting the intro to the show. So like you asked why we have a long intro. It's so that we can like get the link up and get it out to you. So you know where to go. Um, I do appreciate the 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 number of people that are, are sitting on our YouTube refreshing, I guess, who jump in right away. Um, but yes, it's been uh, it's been posted. I'm just a little worried because it says one, and we never have only one. 
<laughs> Sean Sean Winkler says, "Pleasure to be that one person." I don't know. Mine mine says uh, mine says like twenty two right now. So maybe it you're does? wrong. Yeah. Am I looking at the wrong one here? Hang on, hang on. Am I? I gotta refresh the Walt Williams show. Walt Williams show. Let's see. Let me refresh here. Am I? Am I making the technical mistake? Oh, yeah. I was on the wrong one. Your interface has failed you once again. Oh, yeah, they did. They did. You should know better than that. See, now the chat room's blowing up. So, yeah. Yeah. Tweet it 20 to 30 minutes before it says the demon app, but we can't do that because live links only go live when they go live. So, we can't right. tweet it until it goes live. I mean, like I said, you're more than welcome to sit on our YouTube page and subscribe and get all your friends to subscribe and then just kind of refresh that joint until we start. But uh, we do try and be pretty we, – we've done a lot better about being uh, punctual in terms of when we say it starts 730, we're going to 730. So, Yeah, and there's a lot of people saying they see 22 and all this kind of stuff too and whatever it is now, I don't even know. But – Larry was wrong. That's all you needed to know. It's was, been it's been wrong. fixed. Happy to be wrong about one person yeah. watching the show. <laughs> yeah, one time. The one person watching it was you. On the, yeah, because I clicked game. on the yeah. wrong video. I think I clicked on the on the Naki video, and I was like, mm. "Why is there only like, what's going on?" <laughs> I don't know. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Welcome everybody to IMS Radio. Testing out some new technology today, so. Be prepared for some hiccups and you can buckle laugh, up, laugh at me. <laughs> I think it's working though. We got some nice, smooth transitions. Let me play with one. Here's here's our splash screen to start the show. Let me do this again. Ooh, you guys don't even see it. Only the people watching see it. They can hear me though. And now I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back. Just like that. Ooh, nice fade in, fade out. Ah, yes. Some new toys to play with. This must be what it feels like to listen to the podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, the people listening can't see any of that, so they're like, "What the?" They, we, I always get we so have, much we have, shit for that. We have hundreds of people that watch this on YouTube over however long, and we have thousands. many thousands of people <laughs> who are listening on podcasts and have no fucking idea or give any shit whatsoever about any of this no, stuff. But what you got to <laughs> do is come watch the video then, right? Subscribe. Right, who doesn't want to see our faces, man? We're beautiful people. Our beautiful faces. Me with Inside my glasses now. today. I'm self-conscious. My con- my eye, my contact was kick- kicking my ass this morning, and I just threw in glasses. So. Were you going to look like Bob Costas with the pink eye at the Olympics? Is that how it was going to work? This morning, I, it was just red. Like I, I tried like 10 times to get my contact in my fucking eye and it wouldn't go in. It kept popping. I'm like, what the hell's going on? And it started getting hurting so bad. I was like, fuck it. So I put on my glasses anyway, Man. whatever. So you got Larry worked up today, boy. Yeah. 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 Larry, you tech with you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I'm getting there. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to be adding little bells and whistles each week. I'm going to add a couple new things. We're getting a little scroll bar. I think we're going to have a little pop-up that says who the latest subscriber is. So someone, when someone subscribes, their name can pop up, right? And then, oh, Paul, we can start the Patreon. And we can have donations. And then everybody who links gets their name put up. $5, Ooh. $5 donation. Every donation will be worth a question that we answer. How about that? Ooh, yo, I like that. No, I, I like, I, I'm happy to like sell our airtime to our loyal fan base. Yeah. 
Well, I don't think we can do some of that until we hit a thousand. So, like a lot of that stuff doesn't happen. Until you All right, people. we're at seven hundred some. Come on, guys, we've come, we've come this far. Yeah, please subscribe. Please subscribe. Yeah, just just like make up some fake YouTube accounts and subscribe. Like that's that's big for us. Hey, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, we'll just fraud it. I don't care. He's gonna be up all night now. I am. <laughs> yeah, I am. We're just giving Larry, giving Larry ideas, man. I think on Outlook you can get like unlimited email addresses, right? So like, you don't need your phone number or anything like that. So you could do like, um, like a hundred, few hundred hot like at hotmail.com or whatever. Larry's gonna be like one of these crypto guys just being led off in the in the perp walk because he was like setting up setting up fake YouTube accounts. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I respect it, though. I do it. I'm just lazy. Or there are sites you can go to where you pay. and they're like, Yeah, can we pay like a tro- like a Russian troll farm to do it for us? Exactly. And then once we get over 1,000, then we don't have to do it anymore because you cross that barrier. Yeah. And then we can have the slow organic growth, and it's fine. But once you cross the barrier, you get all the goodies. Got to cross the barrier, people. 24-7 is their cut. Yes, they do. No, they don't. Oh, <laughs> oh, he doesn't mean us. He means like yeah, Jeff doesn't get his cut. You mean no, like he gets enough cuts, company? man. He's he's rolling right now. He's finally got he's finally got a basketball coach that doesn't suck. Like he's he's happy. He's got a football team that's going to bowls two years in a row. Come on, man. You must be like man. Your kids must be eating filet mignon every week, dude. I don't know if I go that far, but it's. I mean, I, I've suffered a lot, Paul. <laughs> I know. I've heard a whole lot about it over the past, what, 15, 20 years, right? Yeah, but uh, the water no, sandwiches. I can't complain. It's been good. Even throughout that, we've grown steadily. But yeah, the, these past however many years of total apathy definitely slow that growth a little bit at times. But uh, yeah, well, maybe that's a good segue. Maybe we go on basketball first, Larry, or what are we doing? I think that's the the lead, right? Yeah. I mean, they haven't lost a game by less. They're winning every game by 15, 15 plus. I mean, I think it's. A, I saw something where it's the first first season Maryland's won seven in a row by fifteen plus since like ninety eight, ninety nine. I think um, first first Big Ten. Willard's the first new Big Ten head coach to do such a thing ever. Um. Again, it's just from a big picture standpoint. I mean, we didn't expect much of this team. I don't think anybody, even the most homerific Maryland guys, were thinking, hey, let's just get to a tournament, right? Successful season, get in the tournament. Eight seed, 10 seed, doesn't matter. Just get there, make it, get it done, set a basis, set a standard, move along, right? Three big recruits coming in next year. But man, this team looks good. They look really good. They've done it against quality, at least what we we believe at this point are a couple quality teams. Even going to Louisville, yes, they're 0 and 7 and they look like trash, but still going to a tough environment as Maryland's shown at the Xfinity over the years, even when our teams aren't good, you know, we're still able to take out some some good basketball teams there. And they just they just have no interest in letting teams stay close to them. I mean, it's, it's really <laughs> it's crazy. It's, it's just, crazy. there just feels like an attitude shift, right? It's just a, you know, as I like to say, sometimes there's a lot of want to, you know what I mean? It's not just like, let's just win. It's like, no, let's put our throat, our boots on their throats and just end it. Right. 
And that's new here. And again, I, I don't want to be the guy who keeps referring back to the Turgeon years, but it's still kind of all we got right now. And just the differences are stark. Yeah, I was texting with a friend who was a Turgeon supporter last night. I said, I'm not, I've been going out of my way not to dwell on the Turgeon, but the comparisons to previous years are inevitable. And he happened to be the coach. But the thing, most notable about Willard is he is able to be, this is what the two of us discussed. He's able to be a drill sergeant, but still have the guys like him. That's hard to find. And you can see it. They, they, every single play, they are scrapping from start to finish, regardless if it's five minutes left with a 30 point lead. Every time you think the other team has an open shot, somebody slides over and closes out and gets a hand up. So the amount of effort that they put in is just unbelievable. And then the other thing I think that thought about more that people overlook a little bit is, I mean, four seniors in your starting lineup is very hard to come by these days in college basketball. That's almost non-existent, especially on this higher level, maybe on in like the Patriot League or something. But you don't see that very often. And then you got seniors coming off the bench too. So when you have that many hungry seniors and a coach who's coaching as well as he he is i mean they're probably not a top five team maybe not top 10 but they're playing like a top five or top 10 team we'll see if we can still say that after these next four games i mean obviously that's the big question illinois ucla tennessee wisconsin if you go two and two there or worse then obviously some of the excitement slows down a little bit if you go three and one or better then things explode they're favored in three of the four games. If you look at the, I can yeah, they up, have, Torvik and Ken Palm, right? right? They probably have them favored by a couple points in a number of those, but they're still, you know, obviously those are those are not games anybody's expecting Maryland to be a comfortable favored in, right? Well, it helps to be at home, obviously. Right, yes. you got you only got one home game there, right? So you get you got. Um, yeah, Tennessee's at Barclays. That's true. It's at ten, Tennessee at Wisconsin. Um, at Wisconsin right now, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Wisconsin, they took that loss. They should have beaten Kansas. They lost on the buzzer beater. Do they have other losses? I'm not sure if they do. Yeah, well, they're not ranked, so they probably yeah. do. I am sharing, and I just realized one new glitch with the new setup. I'm sharing my analytics spreadsheet with the viewers, but you guys can't see it. <laughs> oh, that'd be very easy to, to talk about then. Hang on. Let me see something here. Let me do this. Let me do this. Can you guys see this now too? Yes. Yep. Okay. So here are the analytics sites. They're all pretty close. They got Maryland within 22 to 23 wins. And for the people listening on the radio, We've got Ken Palm here, who has Maryland ranked 18th. ESPN has him 20th. Team rankings has him 16th. And Torvik has him 17th. And it's 22.13 wins, 22.18, 22.9, and 22.93, averaging 22.5, 22.54 wins. And if you look at just the next four games, which is what you were just talking about, they're a small favorite in three of them. And not that much of an underdog against Tennessee. Yeah, they have about a thirty point, a thirty nine percent chance against Tennessee. They're they're in about the sixty percent range in the other three. 
So and and when you look at it, I mean, like I think Jeff put it put it nicely. Like if you're a two and two, you're probably okay with that. Um, you might have to tamp down the some of the excitement a little bit, but you're still you're still knocking off two pretty good teams in that scenario, right? If you go three and one or four and zero, oh, I think that's when maybe we can take. At least it feels to me. I, I I don't know about the rest of you. I still have a bit of I still have my parking brake on, you know, like because I'm just not totally sold that this isn't just kind of like a a great run coming off, you know, with a new coach and just kind of you know guys feeling a little refreshed. I, you know, I'm not sure whether this is fully sustainable when you get into a Big Ten schedule. You go three and one or four and zero oh in these next four. I'm probably I'm ready to ride for a top four seed. You know what I mean? Top four. If they win the next four, they're going to be one of the top five teams in the country. They're a, a, they're a one or two seed. Well, I mean, I mean, right? I, impossible. I mean, we 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 think these teams are good, right? We still don't know entirely who's good and who's not. But I mean, that's when you start thinking about like, okay, maybe they can contend for the Big Ten. You know, like that level of of okay, they are actually good. This is not a mirage. Yeah, it's not sustainable to be this dominant. I, I mean, obviously they've trailed for a total of four minutes, I think, in seven games. That's just unheard of, um, even for like a number one team starting this season against a bunch of, you know, cream puffs. That's still uncommon. But I think it's sustainable for them to keep being, I mean, put it this way, I think they're a top four Big Ten team, which doesn't sound like a big deal given how dominant they've been, but it's considering that, they really haven't been top four in the Big Ten a lot the past few years, and this was supposed to be a rebuilding year. You know, I want to see how it goes when they start playing legit big men and Julian Reese gets into foul trouble and things like that. But it's not like they're just on some sugar high where they're just making a lot of threes or playing a lot of really bad teams or forcing a ton of turnovers. You know, it's not like a one little thing that they're exploiting. They're just playing really well, great defense. They move the ball incredibly well. Uh, they've shot pretty well, and they, and they have such balanced, such a balanced offensive attack. I mean, Dante Scott's a different guy. He's probably, you know, at least a second-team All-Big Ten player unless he really trails off as early as it is in the season to say who's going to be All-Big Ten. Hakeem Hart is, like, top 20 in the country in offensive efficiency. I mean, it's like every game he's got 16 points on, you know, 70% shooting. Julian Reese was shooting 80% heading into the last game, and then Jameer Young. And then you got a few other guys, you know, who can pitch in. So the balance is really good. So I'm sold that they're really good. I'm sold that they're like a top six-ish NCAA seed probably at worst. But, you know, maybe that's premature. Yeah, I, I – yeah, just about right. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think the, I think there are a lot of good signs uh, that they are actually pretty good, right? Like, because they haven't won games in the same way. They've won games where they've shot really well from three. They've won games where they haven't been able to hit the broadside of a barn. They've won games where Julian Reese has been dominant. They've won games where Reese has been invisible. They've won games where Don Carey's, you know, six for seven from three. They've won games where he's two for nine, right? So, I mean, you can. There are things they're doing that are consistent, that are defense, that are toughness, that are effort, and that are just moving the ball so incredibly smartly on the offensive end that they're getting good shots. So even when they're not making them, they're still good shots. They're not just, 
You're not seeing a lot of this stuff where you're waiting until there are five seconds left in the shot clock and just heaving up a prayer. So, yes, that that stuff seems sustainable to me. And if they are able to continue the balance with who's able to score, who's not, you know, you like to think that one way or another, they're going to find ways to win, uh, even when the games get tougher, even when they face matchup issues that they haven't necessarily faced yet in terms of, like you said, the, you know, getting in the Big Ten and facing some more dominant big men. Well, what Naki said last week I thought was really cool. One of the things he said, amongst the many cool things he said, but he was talking about how difficult it is to play that hyper frenetic style on defense and then to switch gears instantly, go to offense and play under control. And they hadn't quite done it yet at the time we had Naki two weeks ago, but they started to. Right. Because they were still scoring in the 70s or whatever. And now they're scoring in the 80s and 90s. Like they've they've managed to do that. So that's really freaking cool. Like to be able to do that. Both of those things to play under control on offense, hyper frenetic on defense. And they're doing both at the high level. And the ball movement on some of these. Right. Really. Exactly. Like there were several against Louisville where Louisville was just desperately trying to get in the game trying to just scramble, and, and it looked like a shot clock violation kind of possession, and then, bam, extra pass at the end. Somebody's open for a, for a three or a layup. Uh, the ball movement is is really good, really unselfish. That's the biggest thing, I would say. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not like they're a great offensive or defensive team. They're definitely going to end up being a better defensive team than offensive team once it gets a Big Ten play, but the offense is pretty prolific so yeah. far. On Torvik, he has that graph where it's the x-axis is your offense and the y is your defense. And Maryland's very good in both, but even farther on the uh, offensive. They're farther. They have a better offensive score than defensive score, according to him. But the defense has been great, too. Yeah, the defense is excellent. I, I think I think part of what Naki is talking about is, is when you shift that energy – to the offensive end, it's not necessarily out of control. I mean, I think a lot of this good ball movement is really just focusing that energy. It's focused energy. It's not frenetic. It's not crazy. It's not out of control. Like they know what they're doing. They know to look for that next guy who might pass up the good shot to get the great shot. And so far, especially when you're seeing these games where they've shot really well from two was shooting from the paint they're not playing, you know, it's not just heaving it down to Julian, let him back a guy down and score. You're getting a lot of these little mid-range jumpers, these jump hooks, things like this. Guys getting in for layups on backdoor cuts. Like, these are good shots. These are really quality shots that they're getting right now. And even the games where they're not falling, they're still getting the good shots. So, like, all that's really just, it just seems like coaching and effort to me. And and it really stuck with me at the end of the um at the uh, end of the Louisville game where I think between the under eight and the under four in the second half, Maryland was up about 30 and threw in the backups and they went, it went down to like 22 or so. And Willard got pissed, called a timeout and threw the starters back in there. Like, I feel like that was a message being sent. Like, this is not, this is not okay to lose an eight. You have an eight point, you know, four minute shift, even at the end of a blowout. Like he just doesn't care. Like that's not acceptable to him. He is, he's exacting. He is unforgiving and exacting from start to finish. In practice, he said he he's like, yeah, we had a good practice today. Practiced about three and a half hours. <laughs> oh my god! You know, so they 
he's and that's what that goes back to what I said. It's hard to be a guy who just literally never gives a single inch and still have the players respect you and want to want to fight for you. So yeah, it looks like the players are eating it up. I mean, oh. that's I mean, you just you could just see like like the joy on the you know, like the determination on their faces. It just it's just different, man. It just has a totally different feel about it. And I'm telling you, Friday, man, I, I I could not be more excited to see this basketball game in what should be, if not a packed house, a really energetic house uh, to see, you know welcome this team back home because that could be that could be one for the books and uh, especially the way Maryland's owned Chris Underwood over the years. Let's hope that continues. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna say. Will Willard continue Turgeon's ownership of? Uh... Brad Underwood. Wouldn't that be the irony? Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely would be. Talking about the packed house, someone in the chat asked any clues what attendance will be like for the Illinois game. And who is it that has that really cool site that tracks the the it's ticket counter? Sellout or close to a sellout because they did a, a big flash sale today. Okay. Realized like we got to get people to buy in, which, you know, a lot of people were – I've called out the fans plenty of times on Twitter because I do think the support is a little lackluster when you compare it to similar programs. Uh, but they came back and a lot of them finally were like, look at that. And they started sending me screenshots of the prices. They're like, look at this $65 a ticket in the upper deck and stuff. And uh, especially with the economy right now, that's understandable. So I think Maryland, I don't maybe they had it planned out. But anyways, they they did a flash sale today for 22 bucks off every every seat in the house, I think. So it's going to be crowded for a sellout. I would guess. And, and the reality of having a big, a big stadium like we do is you can, you can have relatively sparse attendance in, in the two hundreds, as long as the bottom's full and the students are full, it's going to be loud as fuck. And that, that's really what matters. They announced that student section has sold out. Yeah. Someone's saying they need to flash sale Tim Beyer in the chat saying they need to flash sale the whole season. I don't well, I mean, so. yeah, I, I do. I, I think there's a larger point about just attendance for college athletics, period, in a post-COVID right. excellent TV product kind of world. But, you know, that's 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 for next time we have John Orrin on or something like. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure you're fixing that. Uh, well, the football this week has, a flash sale. has their problems, too. And it's not just Maryland. It's everywhere. And yeah. it's everywhere. Except I mean, for it, some very specific. 10 to 15 programs around the country that it's religion. So, sure. And I would bet, I'd bet even there you'd still see, you know, the numbers go down, just not to the degree that you would see at other places. Maryland basketball's had a borderline religious fan base. So, you know, like, yeah, that's true for Maryland you know, for basketball. Yeah, exactly. Not for football, but I think if they keep winning, you know, they're not going to keep winning at this rate exactly and going undefeated, but if things keep up like this, I think it'll be pretty packed for a lot of games is my guess. I think people are starting, you know, they people, the apathy just took over obviously during the last few years of Turgeon and going into this year, even when they were playing well in those first few games, people weren't, but I think it's, it's kind of resonated recently in the past few games. It's, it certainly wouldn't take much to turn turn that that around for basketball i mean that's that's a whole different animal i mean you could see completely full houses in january if they keep winning at this clip so i'm I'm not so worried about that football is just a whole nother football whole another universe man yeah i mean I, yeah so 
I mean, I figured coming off of that Ohio State game where they played pretty well, we talked about it before, they at least gave people an exciting experience, gave you hope of beating a team like that. Then you go into senior day. I know it's Rutgers, whatever. But to have the smallest crowd in 25 years for that, I mean, to me, I can understand everything people say. You've got to beat somebody, beat a big-name team in the Big Ten. That hasn't happened. You know, stop getting blown out, but they did previous week they did. Those are all very legitimate reasons, but you got to give, if you're a fan, if you post opinions and all these things, if you're quick to point out the negative, your team's having a, a solid season, best season in a while, just gave Ohio State there for senior day to come out and have the place empty. To me, you know, that's, that's pretty weak, I think, but. You know, week, weekend to why some people want to leave. Yeah, weekend after Thanksgiving, man. That game has always been an absolute dog shit game for Maryland in terms of attendance as long as I can remember. Just, you know, it may, that crowd may have been the worst, but, like, they're all bad. They've always been all all bad, <laughs> like, forever. Just It's just not – Maryland football is just not a priority for people in their lives in the way that it is at other places. It's just not, and you can talk about all the, oh, they need to do this, that, or the other thing. It's just not a priority. Not in that sense. They would no. they'll plan their trips. They'll visit family. They'll go shopping. They'll do whatever. Maryland football is like fourth or fifth on that list. I mean, hell, I was in Scotland. I, you know, we took a family trip because, you know, that's what we have to do. I'm as diehard as anybody. I was online on my phone, you know, being an asshole at dinner, like checking, checking the score. You know, a little worried when it was only seven nothing after the first quarter, but luckily by the next time I checked, they were up like thirty. Um, but you know, it's just it's just a whole different thing, man. It's it's just never going to change to the degree that people want it to. Um, but again, I, I think that's another that's another question left for a different time. We are waiting for our guest, and there he is, just as I was saying. Oh, segues! How perfect was that, Mr. Walt Williams joining the show? Give him a second to get set up here. There he is. Mr. The wizard. Williams. <laughs> hey, now that we're on video, there's no more beeping. No more beeping, brother. <laughs> no more beeping. I love it. Every time we text, every time we text, you call us the beep, the beep guy. Beep guy. I love that. <laughs> We should have just renamed the show after that. It's probably yeah, better branding that. Seriously, way. man. I mean, the branding will be off the hook, man. <laughs> I'm trying to see. I'm trying to see what you have on the wall behind you. Maryland Pride. That's cool. You got a Lenny jersey. That's awesome. Is that the Beatles? No, no, was, no. That's a, yeah. We were the Beatles, though. I'm telling you, brother. We would like the Beatles. No, at <laughs> the top above that's here. Right. Yeah, that's this one right here. Yeah. yeah. That's my uh, in my senior year. That's the All Met team. Uh, right <laughs> oh, nice! Look at those suits. There, yo, you need you need you need to zoom in on that thing. I we need to investigate this. It is that George Gervin behind you. Yes, man. Signed, signed it too, man. He was uh, when he was coaching with uh, the Spurs. He had a brief stint with him and John Lucas were coaching with the Spurs, and so um, before the games, man, they would play two on two against current players and I mean I was playing with Sacramento then and they were I can't remember who the players were but they were tearing them up man Ice was still out there killing dudes man but yeah. after they finished playing two on two he autographed my uh he signed my uh pick 
And uh, m- one of my guys, my uh, one of my teammates in college, uh, Frank Horton, he gave me this pick because he knew how much I love Iceman. And so, uh, yeah, got it framed and uh, had it ever since. That's nice. awesome. That's awesome. Nice. I can't believe it. I thought it was the Beatles and it was your... It is the Beatles, man. It is. <laughs> well, well, first of all, there's five of them and not four of them. Well, there's but I'm four not here standing. To it's, one, yeah, it's one laying down. I <laughs> see the one laying down, but it looked like, anyway, whatever. Yeah, it looked like Mop Tops. That's Mike Tate. Uh, Mike Tate, he played for uh, Oxford Hill High School. He played for Georgetown in uh, college as well. So I think <laughs> the minor leagues, our minor league team, they keep saying, yeah, man. yeah. the Farm minor team. league team. Well, <laughs> what the hell is going on with the basketball team this year? They what is going balling. on? They are balling, man. They are balling. You know, hey, look, these dudes are playing some defense out of this world um, because they know, you know, they don't have the interior. They don't have uh, many guys in the interior, man. So, um they got to play well on the perimeter, on the perimeter, especially defensively. Uh, they got to keep guys from getting into the paint clean. Um, they got to cause deflections to get out on the break, you know, create easy opportunities offensively uh, because, you know, scoring in the paint is going to be a little tough. Uh, they do have bigger guards, though, so they can take advantage of teams who have those smaller guards and post-up guys and do things like that, but um, – they're going to have to shoot better from the three-point line. Uh, when, when, when you're talking about Big Ten, it's going to be tough to rebound, the lack of big, so they're going to have to shoot the ball better from the three-point line. Well, obviously it's not, not sustainable to keep winning every game and dominating every team. Why not? Why not, man? Why not? <laughs> yeah, why not? I agree. <laughs> Anything's possible, but in, in, in the world of reality, how sustainable is it for them to – continue playing as they're playing and continue being like a top maybe 10 to 20 team for the rest of the season? Well, I, I think the, the the final test is to see how they perform against teams who have that interior presence. They haven't, they haven't met that team, that kind of team yet. So uh, that remains to be seen. How do they counteract that? But uh, the remedy so far is, you know, pressure defense. They're playing man-to-man, run and jump. Uh, guys are reading uh, traps very well. They're getting deflections, uh, getting out on the break, uh, causing havoc on the defensive end, and that's that's getting giving them uh, um, easy opportunities on the offensive end. So that's the remedy right now. But once again, they have not met that the, the teams that's gonna and and you know in the Big Ten that's what it's about. You know, uh, rebounding and banging and things like that. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how. Uh, they perform under that duress right there. Uh, like I said, I think they're going to have to shoot the ball better from the three-point line. But if they can continue that defensive prowess on that perimeter, um, you know, that that's solid. You know, that that travels. So they've been consistent with that. And so I think they can be a good team uh, with that continuing. Hey, well, just being around the team during games or practices and kind of on the floor, like, can you talk a little bit about what Kevin Willard's brought to kind of change this team around, if not only in the couple new players, but more of like a mentality and like the type of way they play as opposed to just, you know, adding new guys to the roster and throwing them out there? Well, um, you know, I, I think that he's uh, – Coach Willard is a little bit more energetic, Um you know, he's a little bit more feisty. 
Um, he challenges the kids and uh, they, they respond to that. You know, um, when he, when we interview him on, on the radio and uh, you know, he is uh, somebody that tells it like it is, but he, he, uh, he, he frames it in a team sort of concept, you know, or, you know, we need to get this done and we, and so, uh, and uh, I think that the players respect that. Um, and I think that's why they can take, uh, you know, uh, him getting on them aggressively at times and, and, and being able to respond under that, uh, under those conditions. You can see uh, the way that they play on the defensive end, everybody that comes in the game, um, they're giving 110% effort out there. And, um, that that's that's uh, a totally because of the respect they have for the coaching staff and the belief that they have in what they what they're trying to install. Does that remind you at all of another guy from New Jersey who coached basketball at Maryland? Because it sure does to me. And I don't want to I don't want to inflict him with that comparison to the legend right off the top. But there are a lot of there are a lot of parallels, is what I'm saying. Well, hey, it remains to be seen. You know, um, I'm lucky enough uh, to be able to go into the huddles, uh, uh, you know, during the timeout. So sometimes I could get I get a little flashback. It's sometimes there's a little bit of a familiarity there. <laughs> has he has he has he punted any basketballs into the into the top two hundreds yet? Because hasn't gotten there yet. <laughs> Is he dropping f bombs at the players? Is he on the bench? Like when the players on the court do poorly, he turns around and yells at the players on the bench. Is he doing that too? Yeah, yeah. It's- is is David is is David Cox just getting yelled at the whole game? Like, <laughs> that was Gary. You know what? I think that's unique to coach right there. <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't have like Tony Skin like heading off to the locker room to sneak away. <laughs> <Yeah>. you <know? laughs> well, you're talking about whether it's sustainable. What I'm really interested in, and I think everybody is very curious to see about, is this next upcoming stretch of four games: Illinois, Wisconsin, Tennessee, UCLA. Four big names, four highly rated teams. What's your? What do you think is going to happen? What do you see happening in those four games? What we're going to learn about the team? We're going to learn a lot. We're going to learn a lot. Um, it's going to be pre- it's pressure time. It's, it's this is what it's all about right here. And yeah. so uh, the beginning of the season is to prepare for this time right here. And I, I think that uh, you know, especially with the tournament up there in Connecticut, they they are. Uh, uh, especially for early on in the season, they're a little battle tested. So I think they'll be prepared and ready to uh, uh, go into some combat like that. But like I said, it's going to be remain to be seen how they perform with against teams that can score in the paint. And so you'll see that throughout this stretch right here. And, uh, um, uh, but I, I expect the, the way they play on the defensive end, especially on the perimeter, I expect that to, to remain. Uh, the key is going to be uh, Julian Reese uh, staying out of foul trouble and being able to play substantial minutes um, uh, because they, they don't have anybody else to go to after him. Uh, you have to significantly get smaller um, um, after him. So um, I think the key th- throughout this stretch is how well he plays and, and how much he can stay in the game. Well, uh, Dante Scott, you know, obviously everybody saw right as soon as the season started, we saw his body look completely different. But in terms of how he's played, I mean, he's hitting threes, he's playing defense and drawing charges. And he's also, I assume this is a Willard. I assume Willard has told him to do this where he's getting the rebound and he's immediately heading up, taking off on the break like a point forward kind of role. Have you been surprised at how much better? I mean, obviously we saw the potential there, but just what are your thoughts on how well he's played so far? 
Oh, I'm not surprised at all. I, I think that uh, he, when you watch him, he's a guy who has a lot of talent. And just like you said, you, you saw flashes of that. And uh, what hurt him in the past is just getting tired quickly. You know, he just wasn't in good shape to be able to keep that up for a long period of time. And so now you, coming into this season, he, he was in much better shape. And so you see the results of that. And so, but but you can see that talent there, being able to be versatile, play um, on the perimeter and around the basket, being able to post guys. Um, and you see that with uh, multiple uh, players on, on the team. You know, they have perimeter guys, even as small as uh, the point guard, Jameer Young. You see him get to the basket, and he's he's terrific around the basket, being able to take the bump and, and, and finish. And so those guys have that versatility of being able to score from the perimeter and uh, get to the basket. But uh, just like I said earlier, they're going to have to be better uh, shooting the ball from the outside um, you're not going to be able to make a living getting to the basket like that and, and consistently win um, in the Big Ten. Those, those big guys are going to make it much more tougher. So, uh, but, I, but I like the way they've been playing on, on the defensive end, all of those guys perimeter-wise. Uh, even Dante, you know, he's, he's stepping up. He's, he's gone to another level on the defensive end. Uh, especially, and, and that helps when everybody uh, takes on that uh, that mentality um, individually. Uh, it, it really helps in, in that team concept, and so they they really are really good in in uh, team defensive wise, and that's because uh, each individual takes on that challenge. Walt, I think when this season started, we were all kind of like, okay, got some new pieces here, some guys from a team that underachieved maybe a little bit last year. I think if they make the tournament, that's probably a successful season, right? Just get there, set a set a standard, set a basic level, and kind of move on from there. Have what you've seen so far in the first seven games changed uh, what you think their potential is right now? Or do you think it's still a little too early to to start dreaming a little bit? I mean, in reality, it is probably a little bit too early. But hey, man, I'm I'm a human. I'm 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 on that train to think that's thinking that hey, this thing is going to be better than I anticipated. Let's you know? go. <laughs> so I am on that train because uh, how they're doing it, the defensive end, they are so consistent with that. The strong perimeter guys, they got they have good size, and so um, that's something that I think they can can continue. And uh, throughout the season, and I, I think it's going to be tough for teams to deal with uh, because of the size and and the way that these guys move their feet. And uh, you can and they have some depth as well. Uh, when they go to the bench, they don't lose much uh, defensively. You see Martinez; he's starting to get it going offensively as well. So. You know, uh, I think you, you mentioned Dante being able to score inside, outside. I think it, it goes game to game. These guys are playing well as a team. Uh, they're moving the ball. The open guy takes the shot uh, up, in, up uh, in Connecticut in the tournament. Dante was the guy who was really getting it going um, out of everyone. But I think it'll be a game to game basis. They, they have so many guys who can put the ball in a hole, and it's just about – uh, finding that rhythm, and I think it's going to be uh, on a nightly basis. It's going to be different guys, which is going to make it much more difficult because it's it's going to be tough for the opposition to uh, key in on who who you who you want to stop. Uh, I think they have a lot of different guys that that can hurt you. A lot All of right. different guys that could end up being clutch, right? Yes, sir. 
<laughs> you know it. <laughs> now, and well, uh, you know how I'd know it more is if I got my complimentary bottle sent over. Absolutely. Yes. We will get that, man. All Trust right. Me. All right. I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. You know, I'm happy. I'm happy to happy to help. You know, <laughs> you know how we end every interview on the show. Well, we're going to fill in the blank. Five rapid fire questions. Say the first thing that comes to your mind. Here we go. There's one player in the Big Ten that you would like to dunk on. It would be in the Big Ten. Uh, yes, <sighs> Hunter Dickinson. Hunter, yeah, that's how I go to say Big Hunter, man. <laughs> Let me get Big Hunter one time. <laughs> uh, the Dude. restaurant with the best steak is. I didn't hear you. You ble- ble- uh, bleed that a little bit. The restaurant with the best steak is. Uh, Roof Chris. Okay. The present you most want for Christmas this year is uh, a brand new car. <laughs> I, I'm sure you can afford it. If, <laughs> if you, Naki, and Johnny Holiday were contestants on The Bachelorette with Beyonce, she would give the rose to absolutely me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what those old guys? <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Go to last one. Go Terps and. Nobody else. I, yes, I love that saying that you got there. Yeah, and last thing, before you go, give everybody the pitch about Clutch Vodka, Absolutely. about your promotion you're doing, so we can let everybody get in on that. Yeah, so right now we have a contest going and uh, uh, to win a, a, a autograph picked by me. As, uh, my, a friend of mine, Kevin Sullivan, he did this awesome uh, illustration, and uh, I wanted to uh, give it away, man, to, to my fans. And so... Uh, all you have to do is follow us at uh, at Clutch Vodka on Instagram and uh, Facebook and uh, at Clutch Spirit on Twitter. Uh, retweet to a friend and hashtag the Wizard is Clutch. And uh, we, we're going to pick our winner on uh, December 11th, man. It's a, and, and it's out in the stores all over the uh, uh, mid-Atlantic area, uh, Maryland, D.C., Delaware. It's a smooth-tasting vodka, premium vodka, 100% corn, gluten-free, no sugar, no carbs to keep you in shape, fellas. Keep That's you in right. Shape. You have a That's bottle, right. You, have a you, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? And so, yeah, man, clutch vodka, you know, support. You have a bottle with you? Uh, I I do, man, but I got to run and go get it. You know? <laughs> go go get it so we can see it. I want to see it. Right, and look, that, that's the box. That's the box. That's nice. That's I want to see the box. I want to get it right quick. Hold on. Go ahead. Right. Go ahead. Let's see how fast he is. If you're listening, we've got uh, all that information on the uh, promotion on our Twitter feed and all that stuff. Or on also the, on uh, the message board. Yeah, InsideMarylandSports.com message boards. Yeah. Please help help your man out. Help yourself out. Have a nice drink yeah. because uh, – it's about as good as it gets for Maryland athletics right now, and as we know, that doesn't always last. So, uh, so enjoy it while it's there. Everyone's helped very badly. That's right. He's short on cash, right? He, yeah. <laughs> he only made a couple hundred million dollars. So you need some more. Every time we do a live show, and you've talked about this too, Paul, before. Every time we do a live show, I'm buying him drinks, and it's like, what the fuck? I told you, I, I bought him that. I bought him a drink at the 2004 ACC tournament, yeah, and I'm did. like, "What am I doing? I'm poor. I just hey, like he's, this guy's I, a multi-millionaire. I don't, I don't think my check even had a comment it yet. By that, there point. we go. Oh, there we go. There's nice. You guys listening on? There, a lot of people only listen; they don't watch. Maybe this is going to get them to come watch. It's a nice there looking bottle. Go, there. there you go. Look at that pretty bottle, man. Love it. So pretty. It'd be pretty or it. empty, Walt. 
<laughs> like I said, it's as good as it gets for Maryland basketball, Maryland football right now. So feel good about it. Have a have a nice cold drink and uh, enjoy it while we can, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, Loxley doing a great job out there. Let's go. Yeah. All right, Walt. Well, thank you so much. You're one of our favorite guests. Every time you come on, it's a blast having you. So we really appreciate it. And everybody go buy some clutch vodka. Follow. What do you what's your Twitter handle again? The wizard? At, at Clutch Spirits. Let's do that first. And then uh, mine is Walt the at Walt the Wizard. Yeah. At Walt the Wizard 42. Walt the wizard. All right. Thank you, Walt, for joining us. Change the name to the beat guys, man. The beat guys. That's us. <laughs> Got a rebrand. Got a rebrand. <laughs> Thanks, right. Walt. Right. Good Thank times, you, man. Yes, sir. Oh, I thought he was going to struggle turning off his camera. We're going to have almost another. Oh, break. God. Another, another Gary episode. <laughs> he was taking He's taking Yeah, with Gary. Sure. <laughs> We Gary like was like yeah he thought he closed it off and then he's looking at it it was all funny looking yeah he's like, what are these assholes still doing on my phone like walking yeah. into the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I love oh that's Walt. good man Walt's my favorite I'm telling you I, I swear I, I couldn't believe I, I was sitting there like at that bar and was like man I, I just yeah. bought a multi million dollar athlete <laughs> a very a very I, expensive DC cocktail like, what am I doing. Like, is like anybody a, that we've ever had on the show more consistently jovial than Walt Williams? Yeah. That guy, he's living his best life, man. Blowing joy and laughter. Like, that's just, yeah. he is. And boy, do us cynical pricks need that from time to time because, yeah. you know, like it. I, like I said, I mean, it's, it's hard not to be happy right now. Like, you know, I, I think we talked about this a little bit when the football team was in the midst of this season, you know, after the Wisconsin or Penn State or whatever. It's like, man, you know, this feels like the same old crap, but I do feel like when, you know, if you finish seven and five, get to a decent bowl game, maybe win the bowl game, you're going to look back and say, hey, this was, you know, this was fun. This is a fun year. We should enjoy this. Like, we should be able to be upset the weeks that things don't go right, you know, but also be able to look back and be like, hey, all right, well, this ain't bad, right? And we've lived through a whole hell of a lot worse than seven and five. So, you know, that with the basketball team being apparently way better than we thought, I mean, this has been a pretty damn good fall so far. Um, lost my chain of thought. I was, You're welcome. I was not paying attention to anything you just said, Paul. Fuck. <laughs> nah, it wasn't that important anyway. I was, about being, I was talking about being happy, and usually you're the optimist, so I thought I thought you would roll with me there, but I guess yeah. not. Well, neither was anyone else, so. Yeah, fair enough. I want my I want my vodka though. Uh, yeah, me too. I'm gonna come on, I'm, man. I'm gonna ask them like literally. Yeah, I know. I'm sending my address. I'm texting it over. I'm I'm getting it. Basketball team, all roses, everything beautiful, everything great. Football team, nice finish to the season, blowing out Rutgers. However, it's the dreaded portal season. Uh, dun dun dun. It makes me not want to follow it. We were talking about this pre-show. Like college football is amazing. It's made one of my favorite sports. I love college football Saturdays. I very badly want Maryland to be a, like a an important part of that picture more so than they are. And it just feels like they're never going to be when this kind of shit happens. And it's just well, only they've only lost one guy who really matters so far. They lost four right. last year that were painful. So right. far, so far only C.J. Dupree. 
that hurts. I think he's really good. Really good. Really good next year. Uh, you still have good tight ends. You have Corey Deitches. He doesn't block nearly as well, though. Obviously, he's he's more of a glorified receiver playing tight end, but you got some guys behind him <clears throat> that that Loxley really likes. He likes uh, LaRon Husbands and Preston Howard, who's a freshman, who they think is going to be really good. So it hurts in terms of just star quality. It doesn't. It's not as bad as other positions where depth-wise, you know, but like you said, this is, yeah, and this is just the first one. You never know, you know, what else is around the corner. And, of course, the other – well, sorry, Paul, you are going to say something? Yeah, I was just going to say, like, the portal – again, it, we go back to – we've had this conversation a million times, but, I mean, I'm, I'm very excited for the athletes to finally have some power in this system. But, man, it's, it sucks as a fan because – even, you know, I think Maryland had their schedule released a couple weeks ago and you kind of look at the schedule and you're thinking, all right, well, you know, what are we looking at another six? Are we looking at, you know, just try and get to six and hope for the best kind of thing? And the answer, I, I don't know, because I don't know what the hell this roster is going to look like next year. Yeah, it's just, just so much churn on the football side. It's really just tough to kind of envision and and get to know players and feel like, Feel like you get to know like it's it's you're not just renting a guy for a year. It's like not every player is a guy you have to worry about leaving because they had a good season at Maryland, right? I mean that's the that's the thing that kind of drives me crazy. Like I'm gonna sit here for weeks worried that Barham or somebody's gonna gonna disappear, you know? And I, that sucks. That sucks. sucks. That's just not fun. And it's not just us. I mean we're gonna steal some players from the Mac and from other G5 programs or division two or whoever. And those guys, they want to love their, they love their program like we do. And they're going to lose their guys to a better program. That's also not necessarily a good program. <laughs> I mean, they're just in a better situation, a better conference. So I, I don't know. I, I just, the more, you know, the more years this happens, I feel worse about it um, while also recognizing that it's, the players should have the right to do whatever they want to do, just like coaches or anybody else does. But man, it, it sure takes away from uh, from some yeah, of the fun of this. Yeah, but have the right to do what you want to do. But sports leagues have rules in place to control player movement because otherwise, mass chaos is bad for the product. It's bad for the quality of the game. It's bad for the fan experience. And they're professionals now, so yeah, the there immediate- should be rules in place. Even it out in some way. So there's some kind of rules in place. So it's not wild west. This is not, this is not, I I don't want to do, I don't like this. I don't want to watch this. And the same thing kind of goes with like the, the conference realignment stuff. Maryland's on the good end of that because all these other conferences are losing their best players and best teams Best schools come into the Big Ten. Maryland's on the other side of that. Imagine if you're Cal or West Virginia or NC State or Iowa State or whatever, one of these schools in these other Power Five schools that are losing their their teams. It's the same kind of thing where Maryland's benefiting. And that, but I don't even like that. I'd rather it be spread out like it used to be. I don't want this two-power conference. Everything's money. Maybe I'm old. I'm just old, but... No, I, th- I, th- I think there's there's that sets it off. That's, you know, it's not just it's NIL combined with the transfer portal 
combined with immediate eligibility. If these guys had to sit for a year still, yes, it wouldn't be total free agency. But that's that because now that you can shop for a guy and add him to your roster tomorrow. That's what really makes it ridiculous. But what do you do? There's really unless you reinstate the one year sit out rule, there's really nothing else you can do. I mean, there's no way to govern NIL and who's paying who what. There's not there's just not even physically in terms of how there's no mechanism you can create that's going to oversee these transactions or promises or whatever else. The only really literally, as far as I can see, the only solution, I'm sure someone smarter than me has had a better idea is to reinstate having to sit out for a season. I certainly think you could, you could look at a a kind of a hybrid scenario, right? Like maybe, maybe if you, if you transfer up through your third year on campus, you'd have to sit out a year. But like if you, you know, you're a redshirt sophomore or a true junior and you finish your season, you get you get a one-time switch to wherever. Or- like I, I I could imagine something like that that seems a little more reasonable. And and I just wonder, I mean, I think eventually some of these coaches are just gonna throw their hands up and be like, I can't, I can't run a program exactly. like this. Like you just I just can't keep shuffling 30 guys in and out every year on, you know, with recruiting classes and with portal guys and then NIL being a whole other thing that's totally not connected to the program and no way whatsoever. I mean, come on. It does make me think that eventually there will be a breaking point somehow just because, you know, I, I, I think the coaches will eventually call bullshit to some degree, but you know, again, at at the, at, at the moment, you just kind of sit here at a program like Maryland, you know, I I've already made it very clear that I think Maryland's just in a hole that they they're never going to be able to dig out of, but you know, you really start to feel like a farm program for everybody else. And that's, that's a giant friggin' bummer. The way to fix it is contracts. They are professionals. Now they're no longer amateurs. Sign the contracts, get a collective bargaining agreement, pay the players a cut of the tele, the massive television deals, give the players a cut. That's what has to happen. Otherwise, the product on the field is going to be destroyed. You're going to have 15, 20 teams with all the money, all the players scooping up. It's going to make every other team in the country irrelevant. It's already happening. I can believe it. I mean, I, I feel like that might be that might be a 10-year down the road solution. But I that's, mean, that's but I mean, I, I, I you can see that's where we're probably headed. Like I, 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 it's hard to believe that just this, you know, this bullshit that they sell about NIL being completely independent and they're not really, the money is not supposed to go directly to the players. It's supposed, we all know that's, that's crap. And some, some way or another, somebody's going to try and pull the plug on that. And then again, I would be fine if they just said, okay, well, this is Maryland's professional football club team that just associates itself with the school. I don't even care if they go to school. If they don't want to go to school, they'll go to school. I mean, it. I want to watch football game in stadiums in front of rabid college student and, and graduate and fans like, like that, that's, that's what I want to see. I'm just, I don't feel good about feeling that way, but that's how I feel. How you get there. I'm not really sure I care that much about, but it certainly would feel better watching those games when you like, feel like you get to know some programs, some players, some guys that have been in your program for a long time and not just guys who are hopping around or, who have one really good year and then move up to the next good program. I, well, I think that's a big problem with college basketball as well. A lot of the interest and ratings, I think, fell 
once players started leaving early because the same thing happened when you when you left for the NBA because you had these great players and then they're just gone and you don't develop the relationship with them over the course of the four years. Yeah. No, I mean, there's something to be said there. And I'm, I'm sure somebody somewhere could write a really good book about that type of stuff in terms yes. of uh, fan psychology and, and things like that. Um, and I wouldn't read it, but I'd read the cliff notes and uh, you know. Yeah. All right. Last thing in football before we move on, Jeff bowl game, 75, 25% Phoenix, Charlotte. Yeah. Like that. As of, about two days ago, that's the last I was told. I think Maryland's probably lobbying for Charlotte. Obviously, they'd much rather have that. Closer, a lot more fans, better for the players, for their families and such. But as of earlier this week, it sounded like <clears throat> Phoenix was a significantly stronger chance. They could, I think Phoenix, the guaranteed rate bowl, basically there might be an offer already out there for Maryland. So we'll see if, if Damon Evans can pull off some magic. I know 95% of fans would clearly prefer Charlotte. Honestly, I'd prefer Detroit if we're getting – Detroit. If, if we're getting weird about – I mean, look, Detroit, you can get a quick Southwest flight for 100 bucks each way. So, I mean, you can't get to Phoenix, man. Like, it's seven $800 flight to but Phoenix. But not over Charlotte, right? No, not over Charlotte. Okay. I'm just saying, That's if you're just asking me – no, 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 no. I'm just saying, if you ask me about Phoenix or Detroit, I'd probably take Detroit. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm sure they got bars there. I can, I can handle that, right? I mean, how many fans do you think show up? Maryland fans make the trip to Phoenix. Like, how many friends and family does the team have? Like two thousand, maybe two or three thousand. Yeah, a couple thousand. I'm sure there are some. I'm sure there are some uh, Maryland grads in California and, and stuff like that that might fly maybe, in for that type five, of thing. Maybe five thousand. Maybe yeah. five. I I I think there was a decent amount of people that went to um, San Francisco all those years ago, despite the shit weather and and everything else. But I mean, you're talking two days after Christmas, all the way across the country, and a not cheap flight, not direct most ways. That's that's rough if you live Phoenix, around here. And Phoenix is not San Diego either. Yeah, it's a long distance, and it's also not like bells and whistles. It ain't a, it ain't a super fun place. So we're gonna that's... we're gonna end the show with some true or false, but I I got a text from Walt after the show that I need to read to you guys. Oh, okay, okay. Hey, I hope he's telling me when my vodka's showing up. <laughs> hey, if you if you guys change your name to the Beep Guys and quote, this thing is going to the next level. LOL. <laughs> People <laughs> will always ask why is that your name, and you'll have a funny ass story to tell every time. LOL. I had a blast on the show, like always. Go Terps and nobody else. My yes, guy, man. Marketing. He's a smart marketer. He wants us to go to the beef guy, so we have to say, "Oh, well." Yes, <laughs> dude, that guy, that guy's, that guy's multidimensional, man. He knows what he's, he's doing. Good. He's good. I respect it. He's good. All right, all right, J- Paul. You're very happy to know that when I spoke to Tony today, he promised me a non-res report, and then about a half hour ago, wrote and said he didn't, ha- he never had time to do it. Jesus Christ, wheels. Get your shit together, so will you? No, no non-revs report today. So people in the chat room, just throw your non-rev stuff up there. Update us and oh, I'll man. say it. Look I'll at look at look at the look at the watcher numbers just plummeting right now. We're at 39, right? No, I was I was joking. They're not plummeting. They're fine. 39. Okay. True or false? We'll make a statement. You have to say true or false. 
and then expound upon it. Expound upon it. Jeff, Jay Sean Barham will play football at the University of Maryland next year. I mean, I'll say true. I haven't heard any compelling. It's too early to to really. Compelling. Yeah, I mean, there's you know people speculation and stuff just because. He's the most attractive guy on the roster to steal. If you're going to steal one guy, it's probably Tua. Yeah, Talia. Jesus, I can't believe I said that. Two would have been all right. Yeah, eligibility left. You add in that Penn State stole Chop Robinson last year, so people are going to speculate. But I mean, I'll say true, but there's really no telling with with anybody at this point. You know, it's uh, it's it's a wild guess. Paul. In order to protect the well-being of the game, the NCAA needs to change the transfer and NIL rules. We already talked about it, kind of, but I had it written before the show. Oh well, um, yes, I do think they they could tweak some things in a way that would make things a little more sustainable, um, but still make sure that that the players have a say in their future and the way they go about things. Um, I think it, you just need to be very careful about. Uh, about what steps you would take there. Yeah. Jeff, Julian Reese will play basketball at the University of Maryland next year. I'll say true. I mean, he clearly could probably declare if he, I mean, anybody can, but uh, he'd have a chance, but he has to show a little more perimeter game. Like he doesn't really have a jumper that he's shown yet. When you're that big, you got to show off a little more outside of the paint right now he's mostly using i mean he's got really good quickness so you know it's not like he's just a big tall guy he's he's not seven foot two just using his size but i i think he needs another year and he probably will know he could use one more year so i'll say true but you never know paul we almost we kind of covered this too uh by the end of the season the xfinity center will be selling out or close to it for every game I think I think that's probably true. I, I think close to it. I don't think there are uh, sellouts will be only for the biggest possible games in this environment. But I I think I think this stuff is cumulative, and if they keep winning at a decent clip, the excitement will be back. And I think people are just really there are a lot of people that have been sitting out and waiting for that. Um, so I, I do think, uh, especially if they start on Friday, uh, you can start to see start to see the fun come back and the and the crowds come with it. Jeff, the Commanders will go deeper in the playoffs than the Ravens. True. No explanation necessary. True. I know, I know you you have I mean, indo- indoctrinated your son. So, well, he's indoctrinating me at this point because I had completely <laughs> given up hope <laughs> the games for years, and he has pulled me back in to where <laughs> I'm just, I know like the third string tackles name now. A couple of years ago, I didn't, you know, I had, and this is somebody who had lived and died with every game so yeah it's true of course we're better team better franchise better quarterback so yeah definitely Did you just say Be- we better stadium we're, i mean better everything obviously stadium better owner you said we're a better did you say we i mean i don't cover them so i can be a homer you know? <laughs> okay. no, it's not a journalism thing it's a fan thing so yeah i, I go we sometimes we have drilled that out of our vocabulary I just I just want Dan Snyder to sell the team and then I then I feel free to like actually enjoy that team again. I just I can't I, I hate that man with a passionate look, I, I have mm. the same thing. We talked about this already with, with Peter Angelos. 
And my viewpoint the entire time is that this is an awful person who's destroyed this franchise that I love, but I'm going to live longer than him. So I'm not going to let him steal the franchise from me. So that's the way I kind of viewed it. And I appreciate you doing that, but I'm well beyond that point. But it's it's good to see the, yeah. them have a little bit of hope again. It's been a while. You guys ignored when I said that, that the commanders have a better quarterback than the Ravens. Oh, I didn't. I, I didn't hear you say that. Actually, next year we might have him. We might just have to steal him from you since we're just taking over now. Well, there's a lot of people in the Ravens world who are saying that might not be yeah. that bad an idea. They don't want to pay him, so we'll, we'll pay him. Well, we can do that. Just, it's not just that. Oh. It's it's the lack of passing accuracy is the big thing because he is not an accurate passer. Never has been. All of his gifts, which are amazing, <laughs> that th- that is a killer. Yeah, that lack of consistency is going to bite you eventually, no matter how spectacular yeah. it is with the other facets of the game. I was hoping they'd win a Super Bowl before the league figured them out. They've kind of figured them out a little bit, so I don't know. We'll see. Still hard to find a quarterback, man. I know. I don't. I don't. Know. I'm not. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not, again. I, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> We've been on the other side of that. Of I'm not one of these people. Yeah. I love Lamar. We've been I'm on the other saying, side of that for 25, 30 years. Yeah. I hope he I hope he has the he has a miracle postseason. That's what I hope. If they get there. <laughs> seem they seem like a lot, but now who knows? Okay, last one. Sorry. Paul, the United States will beat the Netherlands on Saturday. I'm actually gonna say true. I think I, I am think also. I, I think of all the big European teams, the Netherlands are a pretty good matchup for the U.S. Um, I think the yes. midfield has been able to dominate games in ways that will play against a Dutch midfield that has De Jong, but not a whole lot else. If they can keep a hold of Gakpo and of uh, Memphis Depay on the wings and get a little pressure on those old-ass uh, old ass cornerbacks or center backs, I don't yeah. know, man. That's what I was going to say. They don't have cornerbacks, and a big part of U.S. offense is the wingbacks coming up on the outside. That that plays in the U.S. favor pretty. I think I think it's it's just a good matchup. Whether whether they can beat them, whether they can pull it off when these games matter, who knows? But I'm 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 happy for the team. I feel good about the way they played through the group. I think I wouldn't be surprised if they pulled it off. Three one USA win. That's my two one would be where I three one three one and I'm no huge Greg Bar- Bearholder fan, but if he wins that, all of a sudden they've had the best like four best cycle cycle, cycle ever. ever. And yeah. he's the coach that everyone hates and they've had if you they could actually game, you could almost already make know, that argument. I know they, if saying. they win that game, it's it's not even really an argument anymore. I know. Yeah. Bearholder is very underrated. He he avoids offsides penalties really well. <laughs> Right. No, he doesn't. Unfortunately, they they had a yeah. goal. Yeah. Otherwise, we had a second goal. And it was so, so oh, it was so was, sexy yeah. too. And 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 Wea, you know, Wea had a great a great celebration lined up for that one too because he just ran off. He knew it was in. That was a bummer, but whatever, man. They won. They're doing a thing. I'm enjoying it. It's uh, World yes. Cup's fun, and I and I, I'm not I'm not one of those guys who's gonna knock non soccer people if it's not your thing. That's fine. But uh, if you're ever going to watch a soccer game, the World Cup's the time to do it, man. This stuff's stuff's fun. Yeah, well, there's there's the people who watch it all the time. There's some hard diehards and some casuals. But then there are the once every four year people, yep. which are all right now 
on the bandwagon. Yeah, the Olympics types. Cool. That's yeah. fine. Welcome. You know, yes. like yeah, I love it. And you know, if if you if you get into it and you know, go follow a team somewhere. It doesn't have to be an MLS team. Go follow a Chelsea or Man City. I don't care. But follow an MLS team. Stop. But follow an MLS team too, because you know they're fun. Stop. Support fun your own domestic league. Take your kids. All you guys, take your kids to soccer games on the weekends. Take your kids to an MLS game, and they'll have fun. They'll get you into it. Don't be a Maryland-born Duke basketball, Notre Dame football fan and watch only the European leagues. Don't do that. That's fair. But, you know, you take whatever gateway drug you need to. Just make sure you support the American game, too. Yes. All right. And now, everybody, I have a Bye, guys. I have a Bye, reputation, <laughs> have a reputation <laughs> on the board already for that stuff. Yep. So now, Sorry, now, we had to get, get it in. Again. Soccer guys got their thing in. We're good. It's over. Sorry. Love having Walt on the show. I'm going to text him back in a minute and say, where's my free vodka? Yep. So we'll send our addresses over and we'll, we'll do it. We'll do a little tasting. We'll, yeah. we'll pimp it on the show. Everybody do us a favor. Please subscribe. So you'll be notified when we're doing our shows. Still try, help us out trying to get over a thousand. We're inching closer, inching closer. And if you know any Russian troll farms and want to help help us with yeah. that, that's yeah. fine because one level of separation is helpful. Yes. Yeah. If you know any people who will do that for us, we'd we'd love to do that. Yeah. You know the site Fiverr. I think you can pay people on that site Fiverr and they'll like I don't know. Just just let just let them run, Larry. Let them run. Yeah. All right, guys. Good show. Awesome. Every time we have Walt on the show, love that guy. Go buy his vodka, clutch vodka, join his uh, the contest he's having or what what have you. And um, I maybe we'll be back next week with some big basketball games. So, and we'll probably we will know our bowl destination. So yeah, we got some. We'll have some things to talk about. I think. Yeah, probably be back next week. So. Thank you guys for joining us. Thanks for all the comments in the chat room. We will see you guys next week.